Hi all, I hope everyone is having a great day to today, enjoying the cold weather with some cinnamon rolls and a warm delicious cappuccino. We are pleased to welcome you to today's episode of our program, What's Up With History Today? Today we will be talking about slavery. Astrid, tell us a little bit more about that. Hi Anasesi, I'm really excited for today's topic, slavery. Hmm. Okay, I would like to begin asking a question to all of our followers. Stop whatever you are doing and think. Think way back in the American history. Now, I want you to answer the following question in your head. When did slavery end? Interesting question, Astrid. And what's the answer? Would you like to tell us? Well, you see, I'm almost sure that most of our listeners traced the abolishment of slavery back in the mid-1800s, at the end of the Civil War when the legal prohibition of slavery was implied on the 13th Amendment. However, that wouldn't be quite accurate. It might have been in legal or constitutional terms, however it's not. Well, now Anastasi, help us follow the trace of slavery. Okay, so I would like to start reviewing the concept of slavery first. This word is broader than we might decide to see. So if we ask Google what a slave is, it tells us that it is a person who is the legal property of another and is forced to obey them. So most of you must be thinking, well, that stopped almost a century ago. There's not such thing as legal slavery in the modern society. It's funny to say that because actually, ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself for a very hard pill to swallow. You ready? Well, folks, let me tell you that slavery persists until today's date, and you, as a consumer, are contributing to it in unimaginable ways. And before you shut down this podcast, because you are in a complete disagreement with the idea that there is a remote possibility that you could be contributing to modern slavery, let us explain for a few minutes how so. It is something that I will be asking myself too. How is my affluence adding to slavery? So first of all, Astrid, why don't we start from the beginning? Let's, ex let's explain where slavery comes from. Well, hi again. I would like to start talking about an article that I read a few days ago. It is called The Sugar That Saturates the American Diet Has a Barbaric History as a White Gold That Fueled Slavery by Khalid Muhammad. This article talks about how much the sugar is affecting people in America because of the excess in its consume. It is linked to diabetes, cancer, and obesity. It then explains how before sugar used to be a luxury product that took a hard job to produce. Slaves had to plant sugar and cut it to immediately ground the juice inside. Then, they left it resting for a day or two, but before this process, they had to dig the rows and chop the wood to boil the liquid in order to make the crystals of sugar. This created an immense trade of slaves between countries. These slaves had terrible lives. This article also mentions some of the punishments they received. Fatigue from a slave might mean losing an arm, and if they resisted, they were placed in a box filled with nails in a way where they were unable to move. They couldn't stop the insects that crawl inside the box. These punishments are so bad that life expectancy for the most overworked slaves was of seven years. Well, those are really shocking facts. But let's think about that right now. I mean, right now we have more technology, but still we need people that produce our our goods that we consume nowadays. For example, the citrus in Florida, how are they consumed? Well, the consumption of this product in the southwest of the US is higher than in any part of the country. So if you have tangerines, oranges, lemons, or mandarins in your kitchen, chances are that they are departed from Florida. 
It is commonly known that many of the workers on the agricultural sector of the United States are migrants from Mexico and Central and Southern America. These people leave their nations of origin in search of the better income, as the one in their places of origin is often not near enough. It is even stereotyped that these workers are illegal in the States. I mean, often that's the case, but we also have to consider that the people in power tend to manipulate, abuse, and exploit these workers in order to obtain bigger benefits. Well, that's really true. So according to an article of Slavery in the U.S. from Uh, farm owners treat workers recruited from Mexico and Guatemala, telling them that they will be earning enough money to support their families. When they arrived to the location, they noticed the conditions were very different than the one they were promised. These workers were physically beaten and threatened for attempting to escape. They also held their visas and passport to make sure that they could not leave. This is something more than cruel, really. This might be surprising facts for many people who don't know much about this topic. But horrible things and many more things were the lives of slaves before and now too. Also, many people have no idea about this, but the American health sector is currently mirroring slavery throughout its entire system. I have no idea. So you're telling me that our current controversy on the lack of universal healthcare traces back to the slave and that anticipated the civil war? You couldn't have stated it better. In fact, the article, A Broken Healthcare System by Janine Interlandi, explained precisely that issue. Did you know that it wasn't until 2010 that racial disparities in the healthcare system were eliminated by the Affordable Healthcare Act? That's unbelievable. I mean, 2010 was less than a decade ago. I would have never thought that the U.S. as a globalized developed nation would be placed in which these antiquated issues occurred. So, what were the racial disparities and how do they associate with slavery? Well, Astrid, apparently there are so many things we don't know. So basically, let me explain a little bit. Before this act, the African-American population suffered the remains of segregation as all federal health care limits who has access to it, as its policies were designed to exclude black Americans both implicitly and explicitly. Tracing before the 13th Amendment was added, African Americans were denied most of the jobs that offered health care coverage, and the ones that weren't still couldn't make use of the white facilities because of the race. Even when the 1964 Civil Rights Act outlawed segregation for anyone receiving federal funds, millions of American people were still excluded. There was a criteria, and those who didn't comply with it, like a specific A, employment income group, racial group, etc., ended up having little to no access to healthcare. There was Medicaid expansion to help with this crisis. However, several states that used to be in the Confederacy refused to participate. So that's what's keeping us behind then. That's why the U.S. does not have a universal healthcare system, even when it is one of the biggest economies of the world. It sure is. And the most interesting part is the fact that The part of the privileged population that didn't have to deal with this type of issues genuinely thought that African Americans were sick from freedom because of how common exclusion was. Of course, black people suffered a lot because they were overworked and punished in horrible ways. But guess what? Even though they were mistreated and punished, they were also deprived from their personal freedoms later on. For example, black music wasn't accepted. So, if they created a good song, a white person would go and steal the song lyrics and sing it like if it were theirs. 
Yes, yes, I've heard about that before. Actually, music was something they loved because it was a way to express their feelings. But when they actually wanted to be heard and sing, they were rejected, even though the black music genre was the most popular genre of all. I mean, they stole their songs because they were a combination of expression of feelings and real music, so they obviously preferred those songs rather than the ones they could make. But at the same time, they were rejected black music just because it was made by a black person and this doesn't have sense to me. That is very true indeed. And these type of things continue to happen in the actuality. We will take a second and come back to you with more information about this after a short break to continue to talk about slavery in history and today. So coming back to you again, oh, listeners, let's start to create the connection of the beginning of what we were talking about and right now. We told you that you contributed to the slavery, to modern slavery today. So let's start talking about, there are many types of modern slavery today, but first of all, what is modern slavery? Well, it is practically the same thing, but it changed its forms and it continues to harm people. So, like, for example, there are many women right now forced to prostitute themselves, men forced to work in the agriculture, as we said, like the example of Florida, Florida, um, children forced to marry older people. These persons are being controlled and they can't do anything to stop it. Modern slavery means more about people being controlled and exploited and not so much about pe people being owned by someone else. So, there are two types of labor, forced and bonded. Forced labor is work when people are being forced to work against their will and they are being threatened or punished. It is very common in modern slavery and it affects the most vulnerable groups. However, bonded labor is when a person is forced to work to pay off a debt. They pay them a very small amount of money or even nothing and they can't control their debt and all the money they earn goes to pay off their debt. So the mere consumption of products that come from people who work in the agriculture sector by people who perform world forced labor is an example of how we today are contributing to modern slavery. We have to think a little bit about a solution or how to stop with such atrocities. Yes, I agree. A thing that pops up to my mind is social media. I have seen several posts in which specific instructions are given for people who are in danger, and potentially the danger involves the privation of their freedom. Like right now, women in a lot of places, for instance Mexico, are disappearing, and the odds are that this is all in the hands of sex traffickers. Tips I had never thought about now are now being shared every time more, and they specify tactics of self-defense as well as how to escape from trucks or places of danger. Yes, I have seen that a lot. And that is really helpful for everybody. Also, I remember seeing posts reminding migrants in the United States about their basic rights or recommendations that help protect their integrity and like both in the rates of the government or merely in the manipulations that they receive by their bosses, like you said previously. There are many things that need to be done in order to guarantee the basic human rights right now. And we have to contribute 
uh, some like as much as we can to them. We have to assure that everyone in the globalized nation have has their human rights guaranteed. I know. So I hope this gives all of you something to think about and talk about. Slavery continues to be a problem and this is in need of being solved. Individual actions are important too, so try buying sustainable products that assure that the labor is well paid too, or retweet and share the posts that might help someone by preventing them to fall in the hands of modern slavery. Simply talking about this issue is a good contribution toward this. So this is all for today's episode of What's Up with History Today. If you like it, share this podcast to raise awareness about modern slavery and how slavery has has had a major impact. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Thank you for your time and see you next Sunday.